Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Book Club. First rule of Book Club is you must always talk about Book Club. Second rule of Book Club is tell everyone about Book Club. Ooh, hello, and welcome back to IRC Book Club. Why do we do this show, Mike? To uh, increase our market awareness so that people know what we're on about. Yeah, people know that you and I are credible folks, and that therefore they decide that when they're recruiting, that they actually pick up the phone and ring us, or when they're looking for a job, they pick up the phone and ring us because they realise, Mike and Johnny, they're credible guys. The people they work with must be credible and knowledgeable too. If you like what you're listening to today or watching on the YouTube, do us a favour. Hit the like and share button and spread the word. Because actually the whole point of Book Club, if you look on the Book Club mug here, it says tell everyone about Book Club. And also, um, if you want a t-shirt, we are now... I like mine so much, I'm not taking it off since I got it last week. (laughs) We're we're, we're joking aside, uh, we're recording back-to-back episodes today, so we've got the t-shirts on, they have not been washed. Um, but if you want a t-shirt, here's how you get one. We record Book Club on a Monday afternoon, usually at four o'clock. It gets published on a Friday, usually about four o'clock after we've edited it and done whatever with it. If you want a t-shirt or a mug, uh, please, if you're watching on YouTube, look at the mugs. They are cool. They're a, these are going to be on Antiques Roadshow in 150 years time. <laughs> People are going to pay fortunes for these. If you want a Book Club mug, all you have to do is drop us a note, uh, lauren.gardiner at inwardrevenue.co.uk or hit us up on LinkedIn. You can actually put anything at inwardrevenue.co.uk, yeah, funnily enough. Yeah, if you want to put arsehole at inwardrevenue.co.uk, whatever. Anyway, um, just make contact with us and say, I want to join you on Book Club and phone in and talk about one of the books and we will make it happen. It does mean that you need to read the book in advance so that you can make a sensible contribution to the conversation. The current book is worth reading, though. It's awesome. And all you have to do is turn up, we'll organise it. We've got tools and toys where you can make a phone call and we'll just bring you into the conversation. So if anybody's interested, you want a mug or a T-shirt, and they are going to be epic collector's items, then you know what to do. So we're on Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt, which we are absolutely loving, aren't we? I think it's excellent, yeah. Really good book. And it's broken into three sections, principally, the first which we did last week was stop. Yep. Today's that we're going to cover is cut. A section on cut, and then the next one will be on act. Yeah. And in cuts, we're talking. So what we did in covered in stop is effectively look at where you are, figure out where you are and what you want. Yeah. And talk- he talks about some important stuff like, for but, example, uh, rejuvenating. Just, just loads of good stuff. Today in cut, what we're going to be doing is looking at where we are and how we're going to move further on. And the whole premise of the book, actually, and it's based on, uh, it, it has it in its first line, is that everyone gets 168 hours a week, but it never feels like long enough. And this is going to be about using those hours effectively. Yes. So uh, the first section of Cut, it Cut is in three sections. Eliminate, automate, delegate. And so, what eliminate. And um, the opening sequence is flex your no muscle. Yeah, and, and with a with a with an accompanying quote from Steve Jobs that says, I'm actually as proud of the things we haven't done as the things I have done. Good for Steve. It's easy to say when you're a billionaire, isn't it? Easy to say. But he's brown bread as well, though. So. Oh, Steve Jobs, I was getting mixed up with the Microsoft guy. Bulmer. No, what's the other one? Bill Gates. He was on Simpsons. Bill Gates, yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Eliminate, Mike. So, I mean, uh, uh, 
I mean, let's talk about it. So, so I think a big part of it is based on having done the worksheets. And in chapter two or three, there was a quadrant which spoke about which stuff's important, which stuff do you like doing. And then in chapter four, we're going to be cognizant of those yeah. things and not doing it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote him here just to give you a bit of context of what he talks about under the concept of eliminate. He says, if we want to be free to focus... We must eliminate everything standing in our way. That doesn't mean simply saying no to a lot of bad ideas. It also means turning down a ton of good and worthwhile ideas. In today's busy world, staying overworked and overcommitted is easy. The hard work comes in summoning up the courage to say no to requests that aren't important and to eliminate those unimportant tasks that are already eating up your time and energy. He says, while other productivity systems focus on constructing the perfect to-do list, I'd rather focus our energy on the not-to-do list. Which is right. Absolutely. And that's about eliminating crap clients, eliminating work that's not relevant. Uh, and he, he talks about the concept that's fascinating. In it. When you read this, it, it's an interesting point he makes where he creates an analogy between uh, work and the game of poker, yes. which obviously is dear to my heart. I'm a very keen poker player. Um, and he talks about poker being a zero-sum game, i.e. there's only X amount of money. Yeah, And his point is there's only X amount of time. Yeah. And a lot of it is about, and it's the concept of spending time. Time is spent like cash. Yes. Yeah. And then the other thing that he talks about and the importance of is acknowledging trade-offs, which I do think is really important in a sale. If I'm not doing that, it's important. if I am doing that, I'm not doing that. Well, I, talk, I always say that to you all the time, don't I? Yeah, absolutely. What are you not working on if you're doing that? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I think the other chapters are very important in this, though, because I think the, I think the whole premise of this, it, you've got to be present in that which you are doing. Go on. What do you mean? So, he's uh, one of his examples. Is is, um, it's not his example actually. I'm going to paraphrase him heavily, and hopefully it will make sense. Which is, when you set some time aside to do something, you have to do that task. So if you set half an hour aside to do your expenses. Do your expenses. Do your expenses. And it doesn't matter if God himself phones. Because if you get interrupted or you're not present in the task that you're doing, that half an hour task takes two hours. Yeah. And that's what he's talking about, about the power of no. About, I think it's more about, than that. I don't think it is. I think it's about when you're sat there and you're in a task, let's say expenses, probably a bad example. Uh, but if, you know, best client on earth phones you, you shouldn't answer the best client on earth phone call. No. You should finish what you're doing. So then you can phone the best client on earth back and say, listen, I'm really sorry I couldn't take your call. I was doing my expenses. I was just doing my expenses. I really... <laughs> but, but I think clients would like no, that. No, said, it's, it's... And you phoned the back and said, what I really wanted to do was phone you with a clear mind so that my other tasks were done, so that I can devote all of my time and attention on you. I think you. I think the client would Most people that. would be appreciative of it, yeah. They would. I think so. I've yeah, got a guy, you know this. So a guy pestered me. Well, I me know in, you're good and I'm, you and I both A guy pestered me in the gym a couple of weeks ago and he wants me to bugger about and do some thing with him or something. And he, did, he saw me today, he didn't come over to me actually. And he sent me an email about it. When he comes over to me, he's going to say, listen, do you want to enroll in my thing? I'm going to say no. And he's going to be crestfallen, isn't he? Yes, but you, you but say no in a very different way to people. You're rude. I'm not rude. I'm going to say no because my heart won't be in it, so I'm not going to do it. Yes. And I do think there's an ed there's an element of just there's a moment of maturity in all of us where we start to learn to say no. But he, he, there's a lot of context in this concept of eliminating and learning to say no 
and getting your not to do list, saying no to new requests. You, you're brilliant at that. Mike, do you fancy going out next week? No. Why? I don't, I don't want to do it. Because I don't wish to do it. But you know if I say yes, I'm there with you. You're in and you're on it and you're on the source and you, if you're there, you're there. But I think that's what people should be doing. Correct. More. And a lot of people don't say no to their bosses. So, and this is the point is people come back to the people, people, you know, we get projects dumped on us and people don't say, okay, well, what would you like me to remove in order to do this? That's point. The other part is you spoke last week or, you know, in the previous episode about having candidates that drove here, there and everywhere. Yeah. They should and, actually and, well, set, and, then, and then they do a shit job with those people that go to because they're tired. And actually they're doing half a job, whereas they should say, no, I'm not going to do that. Correct. And do a better job for the clients that they've got. And that's what he talks about here about filtering your commitments. And it's hard that. that it, it's very hard for us because we've got such good social media presence now. We get a lot of candidates approaching us. Well, last week I've had several approaches for career coaching and counselling. Yes. And after, and I actually took a couple of them before I'd read this book. I actually accepted a couple of those approaches for what in reality is career coaching and counselling. And then I started reading the book. And as I was reading the book, I started, just so you know, I listened to this book as an audio book originally, whilst I was walking the dog, and then uh, I've read it subsequently. And I was out walking the dog and I realised, what on earth are you doing? That's just somebody else defining my agenda. Correct. So I then actually had a coffee with one of these guys, career coaching, and I thought, I'm going to politely say no, but I'm going to do it in a way that at least has some leverage. And I explained to him, um, here's where we're at. You just had half an hour of my time. Uh, that's quite valuable. I'm happy to continue coaching you and talking about your career, but uh, for every half hour that we spend together, it's £30 to Simon on the streets. Haven't heard from him since. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but, I did, but I've said no in a polite way, haven't I? Well, then I? he talks about saying no to and then if he does, And then if he really does want it, I'm quite happy doing that because that's me being able to contribute to charities and tips. Both ways around. It is, yeah. So say no to new requests. He's got a few different points. Acknowledge your resources are finite. I think that's really important. That, <sighs> that you've only got 50 hours. But I think it's important week. on lots of fronts. So you've got to say that to a candidate who approaches you saying, can you help me? No, no. I've only got 50 hours a week. Sorry. Or a client, no. And then, but then what's the outcome of that anyway? The outcome is they could want to work with you. Yeah, often. You've got but to determine who needs access to you and who doesn't. Yep. Completely agree with that. And it's harsh. It feels harsh. I'm not convinced it does, actually. De you know, let's get it right. Determine who needs access to you and who doesn't. It's really counterintuitive to the wanting to be liked sales you know profession. You know what's funny, actually? I, 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 it's very, very rare now. I'll answer a, phone, a number on my phone if I don't recognise the number. Me too. Very rare. If I'm not engaged with you, I ain't taking your call. And I put that on LinkedIn and people kicked off about it. And then I put on LinkedIn, well, what should I do? Take the call of a complete stranger who might be the big killer account for next year or take the call for somebody that I've done business with for 20 years. Or somebody I'm engaged with, with whom I've got terms and conditions agreed and, who, and for whom for, I'm working on a live project somebody right that, now. So I've worked, for, worked with for 20 years. Yeah. Whose call am I going to take? It's the latter. When I've only got 50 hours a week and I don't want a divorce. I'm not bothered about the divorce. <laughs> I'd let your calendar say no for you. I know that you like this with Calendly, don't you? Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I find Calendly is a really powerful tool for me. So I have specific meeting types that different people have. I was so, going to say, can some people have more access to your calendar than others? If you're a client or a new prospect, you can have access to my calendars between the hours of 7am and 7pm, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 
Right. And, and if you want, you can call me Saturday. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid other types of conversations can only take place in certain times. Like of a bit day. of career coaching. You make it if you're in the car when you. If I'm in the car, time. or if I decide that I'll do maybe a lunchtime coffee, but and they're and they're all set up as different calendly appointment types. So if people want that, they just get a calendly link and say, "Yeah, book it in." Cool. But th- there are only specific, you know, for, for example, for suppliers, I take supplier calls between four and five on Friday. Lucky them. Adopt a strategy for responding to requests. Good. This love this. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So just explain what he talks about here is. He he basically saying. Uh, I didn't think his uh, format was particularly good, actually, but I like the idea. What is format of how to say no to people? Yeah, I thought it was a bit. I didn't like it actually, but the but concept actually of having a well, what's your template for saying no to stuff? Yes. What, what are you actually having a strategy and actually knowing how am I going to say no? If somebody asks me to work on a shit tender. How am I going to say no? Thanks. And what's your template? Because we get asked a lot. You know, yeah. I get I get emails from lots of companies that are recruiting. That's just some garbage thing. What is that? And, yeah, and, you're, and you're not. Be, and, and please, listeners, understand. Not being harsh. Mike's not being ungrateful here. You, sometimes you get requests from companies. Oh, can you help me fill this vacancy or that vacancy? It's and not actually, so much it's that. just completely it's irrelevant so much, to the it's business. Not so much that. It's more than massive companies that once we dealt with many moons ago. You, you, you know, and, and like IBM. And they send they send us these job specs. You look at it, you think you send they send you a random shitty job spec oh, that, where you'll never speak to a hiring manager, brilliant. never I, I, understand I'll, the I'll vacancy. Ask my, my, I'll ask one of my candidates who's in work to, to take a day out of his diary to go to that, shall I? Yeah. Right. When actually the polite thing to do is to say thanks for sending me the job spec, but it's not something I intend to work on at this point. Right, in time. Yeah. But then he says, accept the fact that you're going to be misunderstood. Wow, how bloody true is that? Is, well, as what what was I to say this morning about it? I said, I said we have to remember this is a contact sport. People hate it, don't they? But but that's the thing is, I think if, of all the things in this chapter, accept the fact that you will be misunderstood. Accept the fact you going to piss some people off if you start saying no. Yes, because everybody else is saying yes. But and there's the irony. Everybody else is saying yes and doing a shit job with them. But uh, actually the top performers are saying, no thanks, sorry, busy. Of course they are. They're saying, no thanks, sorry, busy, no thanks, can't take your call. That's why, let's get it right, Mike. The top prospects are always really, 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 really hard to get hold of. But they've always got all the time for you in the world when you get hold but of when them. when you finally get hold of them, if you've got a compelling pitch and you actually win, you can't quite work so out. They're, they're, you, you, the you word can, is they're present. Yeah, and you can never quite work out. How, how is this guy so hard to engage with? Because they're so close to you, but um, until they're not. Well, what have they done? They've got a, they've got a, a strategy for responding, responding to responses. Well, that's filtering strategy. Yeah. And then they're present. I've got a client who, when I'm working with him, literally, you'd think I was his best friend on the planet. When he's not hiring, genuinely, I reckon if he walked past me on the street and I was on fire dying, he wouldn't wee on me. <laughs> well, I've got a similar client who you know who he is. But only... It's not because he's not a nice guy. It's because he's a productivity obsessive. And it's just... Well, it's I've got my favourite client, actually, that I do most work with. He's, he's perfect for me because he and I... Don't exchange any form of foreplay or at pleasant, all. No pleasantries. None of that. Right. Here's what I want. Right. Ask that. And then 20 minutes later, I leave. Yeah. But we're both happy with that. You're quite happy. And the meeting, like, and you go see him. The meeting lasts 20 minutes. He Are doesn't you, take any notes. I don't take any notes. If you're in London, drop in. All right. What time? That time. 20 minutes later, you've been brief. Right. Anything else to tell me? No. Right. See you. But there's a, a, a an implicit acknowledgement of each and respect of each other's time. Works, yeah. And that he respects your time enough to know 
I'm not going to keep Mike here for another 40 minutes talking Ask rubbish. Ask him about his kids. Talking rubbish. We're yeah, not mates. Yeah. We're doing business. He knows what he needs to know and I know what I need to know and he needs to get back to the train and go back to Leeds. Correct. Now, this I didn't really like this getting out of existing commitments. So he says, what are you going to do if you're in a commitment <sighs> that you want to get out of? I thought I don't a lot think about he was, that. I don't think he was honest enough. What, in the way he describes <clears throat> that to I do? think if you've got a commitment in your diary that, that shouldn't have been in there, you should phone somebody up and say, listen, I'm really sorry, but I put this in my diary. It shouldn't have been there. No, I quite I like can't. how he says it. He's saying, no, I don't. I appreciate you've asked me to do it, but now I've got involved, I realise I made a mistake. I think that's true. Yeah, but then he goes it's on polite, about... It's that, isn't it? It's like I was a school governor, right? And I very quickly realised it wasn't for me. And I resigned. Now, actually, why did I resign? Because I thought, this is political, it's bullshit, it's taking up a load of my time. And they ask you to read... The yellow pages in terms of documents uh, and they, the and night they were dump, before. And they were dumping on me a board pack the night before that was taking up several hours of my time. Um, but actually, I, I wish I'd not told the truth in a way. I wish I'd just said, oh, I made a mistake in accepting the position. It was a mistake. Because actually, it caused me trouble telling the truth. No, I don't think it can. Well, it did. But it lying, me on the lying, would have, lying would have caused you more problems further on down the line. The truth will always out, Jonathan. Yeah. Always out. But telling the truth in that instance bit me on the arse. Getting out of an existing commitment. Anyway, next he talks about celebrating the pruning process. And the bits that he's pruning out, by the way, if we refer to last week's conversation, is pruning things out of the drudgery zone and the disinterest zone yeah. and the distraction zone. And he talks about building a not-to-do list. Yes. Eliminating the non-essentials. As in your Steve life. Jobs said, innovation means saying no to a thousand things. It's good that I bet I bet a lot of people ask Steve Jobs a lot do, of things. Do these people, these tech people, do they just sit around all day thinking of pithy phrases? Seems to work for the point at which they finally made it, that, so that they can be then given as sound bites and quotes in a load of books. Do they like have a, a little meeting? All right, let's meet up at the pub tonight. And make up a load of stupid quotes. No, but there is somebody on LinkedIn that I used to be connected to who does. He thinks he's like a Greek philosopher, I think. Right. He releases something new every day and then he puts his name after it in italics. Yeah. Chapter five is automate. Subtract yourself from the equation. So I think the first thing to do is to put some context in here. This is not entirely about technology. Well, it definitely isn't, isn't it? When you go through it, tech automation is only a quarter of his chapter. Uh, of his point about automating things. And what he's talking about here, let's start the start. So he talks about different types of automation. Self-automation. Yeah, so this is a bit that's very me, actually, about yeah. rituals, about having a process Self to your day. template automation, process automation, and tech automation. And listeners, if for those of you who know Michael and I well, you'll know that all four of those are very dear to us, aren't they? Yeah, um, very much as so. leaders of the business and just generally in terms of the way we the work. People. Yeah. Um, so the first one is self-automation and he talks about rituals. He says, a ritual is any practice or pattern of behaviour regularly performed in a set manner. Um, so for those of you who don't know Michael, Michael is a man of rituals. 100%, yeah. He's, he, he, and has often been referred to... He, he, Still in, gets referred to as the Price of Tron. The Price of Tron 3000. Um, if you, you know, want to murder me, what, just follow me for one day and then the next thing I'll do exactly the same. <laughs> true, you would it? be easy to kill. Yeah, no, yeah. You would be easy to assassinate. Um, Michael goes to the gym at 11am. He does not go at 11.59, at, at 10.59, and he does not go at 11.01. Correct. 
Correct. He goes at 11 a.m. And he returns at 11.55 so that he has three minutes with which to get changed. And have a protein shake. And have a protein shake. And then has two minutes with which to get his shit back together and go back to his desk. Correct. Um, and, but what and, this guy's talking about is the same. He's talking yeah. about getting a ritual that works for you and yeah. just repeating it over and over again. Yeah. You know, I have my little daily ritual. In the morning, I get up at 5am. I make a cup of coffee. 5am. I do get up at 5am. I make a cup of coffee. You don't have enough sleep, Jonathan. I know. I let the dog out. <laughs> I let the dog out. I then go back upstairs. I practice piano for 15 minutes. Then I write in my journal. Then I meditate. Good. That's my morning ritual. The next one then, template, medi- uh, template meditation, template automation. I've got a bucket load of templates that I use over and over again. You'll be glad to know, Jonathan, they're in a Word document. <laughs> right. But I've got loads. Yeah. And when people send me information. Yeah, and we've been talking about uh, all sorts of different templates that you can use. I really like, he makes a, a, a comment here. You know, there's all these people using this software and that software and this software and that, that software. There's a lovely little hack here where he talks about... Uh, Creating multiple email signatures as templates. Yeah. So simple. It's good, isn't it? So simple. So I easy. That. I loved that. I just thought, bloody hell, you've put like about 10 companies out of business, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't he? Yeah. He's yeah. just put, literally, he's put a load of companies And having out of different business. drafts that you can just send off. Just so, for example, a, a standard template for, sorry, I can't give you any more career coaching just because you listen to my podcast or whatever um and you think that's a great idea just because what what most people don't realize is you can have 40 or 50 different um email signatures in outlook and then you would pick a different signature and in that signature is the template yes which you then quickly amend and fire out you could just create a template in uh, outlook i think yeah i mean you and i use a a couple of different email template software tools don't you you just do that in outlook can you i think so yeah, email templates. So simple. And what he's saying is you should have templates for different things. Why Why would you write the same email over and over and over and over and over again? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Simples. The next thing is process automation. Yeah. Which again, you know, we're quite big fans of really. Yeah, we are. Really big fans Could of. Create a process, document it, test it and share it. Yeah, I mean, what tonight... It's just simple I'm, best I'm, practice that, isn't it? Although I'm not meant to be working after I get home tonight. One of the things I'm working on tonight is... And some process stuff. Yeah. You sat down, laptop, music on, bit of process stuff. Um, and then what he's talking about is workflow. And how actually you can have your own workflow. I think we've all got a workflow, haven't we? Yeah, but we have to put it back into context of, again, our audience, don't we, here? Our audience have a workflow of good guys. Yes. Good and, guys. and often the uh, 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 more senior level people have a little bit more freedom to create their own work. Look, look at the good guys will have their own piece of workflow, won't they? If you actually could follow somebody around, they've got a process and workflow for doing it. And then we come to tech automation. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? He said, which is what most productivity seekers usually start with. But actually, it's the last thing you should be thinking about. And he, and he, he said here, he does give technology a hard time in this book. He does, but he also says it's incredibly useful. Yeah, yeah. But actually, it's not the tools, it's not the kit. And he puts here, one quick warning as we enter the technology discussion, don't get married to a particular app. No. I hate how married we are to Salesforce. But what's interesting is I chop and change apps very aggressively. Other yeah, other apps, but we are really painfully married to Salesforce. Absolutely. Too married to it. Whereas other technologies, you know, we've swapped one end and swapped one out in the last few weeks, haven't we? Mm. At, at the drop of a hat. 
and what's anno- and he's right what's been amazing is having swapped that one out and swapped that one in how superior the other one was well you and I are both using two different bits of software for the same task currently mm. well that's more out of testing and well that point is we can do that though that, yeah absolutely we're, we're both using completely separate systems for one particular process just to test and measure which one's the right one before we make a decision um, but little things like it, he talks about email filtering I don't know do you use clutter in Outlook Outlook does not work well for me no Outlook basically anything I send you goes straight into spam uh, well I have two inboxes <laughs> I have two inboxes the one look at most is junk right which is that, that means that's because you use Asana though Asana's bound to get junked when you think about the signature on Asana the way it creates a unique ID for each task it's always ever, it's only it's ever going to get junked not like it it's always going to not like that Doesn't, it's fine in Lauren's is it Lauren? Yep. Lauren gets all her, so she gets the Asana update emails. And you can turn, but we'll talk about that some other day. But he's right. And then little things like macro processing. I'd never heard of that. Batch sub, I have. I was looking at this over the weekend. Microsoft have got some really neat stuff. That's not macro processing, but he's talking about, for example, little shortcuts to throw little snippets in and shit. That's clever stuff. Yeah, it is, yeah. I'm going to look at that. And then text expansion for creating snippets like F2, and it'll just put like a phrase in. So like a phrase I use is, uh, feel free to pop a time in the diary using the link here at a time that suits both you'll be, of us. You'll be doing a... a uh, F2. And over the course of the year... It's going to save ta- you a lot of time. I bet over the course of the year that'll save me four, five, six hours. That's Absolutely. worth a lot of money. But what he's saying is you should have a template for that, though, really, shouldn't you, anyway? And he said that should be a template or it should be a snippet into an email. Yeah, happy to have a chat. Feel free to put a call in the diary at a time that works. Both of us using the link below. F2 for client snippet. F3 for supplier snippet. Really All simple, good. that. Really like that. Chapter 6, delegate. Ah, it's, it's cha- and that's part of this section, isn't it? It is, yes. Clone it- yourself or better. Yes, because I think clone yourself is a bad idea. Yeah, last thing you need is... In, well, we tried that, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. Um, and he says, you can't buy happiness, but you can buy back your time. And that amounts to the same thing. Like that? Absolutely, 100%. Now, again, I think that you've got to go back to the uh, grid that has the drudgery zone, disinterest zone, etc. Um, et well, he says here, delegation hierarchy. Priority one, drudgery zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you remember the drudgery zone, is, and actually remembering that it might be drudgery to you, but it's not to someone else. Well, that's what I said before, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I um, don't know what page you're on, because you're obviously reading it off. I'm on page one, No, I'm on 114. I bet you're on 114. No, I'm on 140. Are you? Yeah, Delegate starts on page. Oh, because my ebook version. It just be set out which, no, no disrespect intended, Michael, but I couldn't get a hard copy on Amazon, so I had to buy the ebook. And because I need to I, make I, notes. I just bought my own. Because I, I need to make tasks. right. Because I need to make notes on uh, the book whilst we're preparing, Michael uh, Hyatt. Um, I had to remove the DRM um, as well, so I've probably m- messed up the pagination. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> anyway, right. he talks. Gosh. So he talks about he talks about delegation, and then he says he sort of goes, "Why don't you delegate? This is me all over. I can't trust someone else to get this done. I, I don't." Yeah. How many of our clients do? Tough on that. The next one is, it's things faster we, for me things, to do it things myself. Things we've learned about delegation. So we've learned some stuff, haven't we, in the last couple of years in particular, mm-hmm. since we made, made some changes to our business model. The thing I've learned about delegation is it's about precision. 
Yes. Well, we've got a guy who works for us who, who uh, English is his second language. Yeah. So therefore, his English is very literal. Yeah. It's and you give him about... information and he follows it to the word. But if your words aren't correct. Correct. He goes off in the wrong way. That's you... the lesson I've learned about delegation. And it, uh, it's taken me into my late 40s to learn it. You have to be precise with your request and instructions and they have to have detail. But well, I think now we live in a world where that is so possible. More possible than ever. What is delegating? Yeah, because you know, I use an app like Snagit where I can create these little video snippets where I can be incredibly clear what I want. That it, it can't be misinterpreted. I'll go through the screen, click that, then do 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 that. Any questions, ask me. Good, I thought. And then he goes on about the delegation hierarchy, basically looking at the different priorities. Five levels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He Well, he's got level one is you want the person to do exactly what you've asked them to do. So that's that level. What I was just talking about is level one delegation. It's do it like like I've told you in that way. And then he talks about level two. You want the person to examine or research a topic and report back to you. So that's a bit of thinking. Delegation level three, you're giving the person more room to operate. And then in delegation level four, you want the person to evaluate the options, make a decision, execute the decision, then give you an update after the fact. Yeah, I mean, and they, and they are a spectrum of how much freedom you give yeah. somebody to complete a task, basically. Yeah, absolutely. But, a, but then he goes into his delegation process, which I've written here. It's just an excellent process, I thought. This. What's that? So, so he puts delegation process, and then he breaks it down. He goes first, second, third, fourth, fifth. So first, decide what to delegate. Second, select the best person. Third, communicate the workflow. Fourth, provide the necessary resources. Fifth, specify the delegation level, et cetera, et cetera. Just an excellent... If you followed that process... Yeah. It's, it, it's a, I've got... Here you go, yeah. Make the best decision you can. So, And he also gives... There's some really good stuff here, very practical. Of a lot of the books we've read, this is possibly the most practicable, immediately useful guide to making change. Yep where he's not immediately trying to flog you training. If you pick the book up and implement it... Well, the resources you, page with the, the sheets on, they're all there. Yeah. You're in and you're up and running with this one. And I, and I love that as a reader of a business book or a sales book. I think, uh, uh, you know, Keenan, if you're here, I, I felt like you're just flogging me sales training, mate. Well, but he made us go get T-shirts. He did. It, 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 I liked Keenan actually. It, it, I loved him. I loved him to bits, and I loved his energy. And do you know what? I got a bit out of the book. Um, but here, I feel like actually it's very congruent and it's very useful stuff. We haven't read a book as useful as this from a practical level since Keith Rosen. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of that's because it's not a sales book, and we've read so many sales books that, that we, 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 the same we became wheel. inured to it a little bit, possibly. And I like this concept, uh, the, the whole metaphor of buying back your time. Your 168 hours, yeah. So uh, just to explain, he, he actually says, and I, I'll give you the, the view of it, what he's saying is you can't buy love, but you can buy time. We all get 168 hours in a week. Delegation allows you to redeem some of those hours, especially hours otherwise spent on activity outside your desire zone. So what he's basically saying is, let's say, for example, and something I don't understand, you know, there's a whole virtual assistant industry now and we, we've used freelancers on Upwork and so on. Um, you can buy back time. Definitely, yeah. And it's not that expensive. And I think a lot of the people that are listening to our show who are in sales, who work in a corporation. So I was talking to a candidate the other day and the candidate said to me, well, the marketing literature is shit. 
and marketing can't get the marketing product brochure out and I need the approach. They don't do new business in this company. It's a purely account management focused company. I'm the only new business salesperson and all the brochures are, are really focused on existing clients. It doesn't really explain what the new product does. And I said, why don't you just get the branding template, go on Upwork, get a freelancer to create a brochure, go back to your boss and make an expenses claim for 100 quid. What does it say? Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. Bloody, 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 bloody. I but think that person's boss would have been happy with that. I think so too. Here you go, boss. There's an expenses claim for 100 quid. What for? Well, marketing were taking too long with my brochure. I needed it done. I wanted some literature to go out with my next campaign. So I went on Upwork. I got the branding style. I ripped it off. There's the brochure. It's ready to rock and roll. It's in PDF format. You're all right with it? Yeah, great. Brilliant. You owe me 100 quid on expenses. I think they'd pay. Scenario one, scenario two. Well, scenario two is he's not going to pay your expenses claim. You know that your employer's an idiot. It's time to move on. Yeah, yeah, I like it. But people, I think, don't realise how easy it is to buy back time. You know, I always respected that story about the fella, the software developer who was at Verizon, who offshored his own job. Oh, really? I didn't hear that. There's a great story in the papers a couple of years ago about a software developer at Verizon who was on like $200,000 a year, senior developer, and he offshored his job to someone else on $30,000 a year in India. <laughs> That's mad. And he got a fella in India to do his work, and nobody had rumbled it because he worked from home. Nobody rumbled it for ages. Took wow. ages to rumble him. That's a cool. Absolutely ages for his employers to work out he wasn't actually doing the work. But who's the idiot? He was the one at home sat there playing golf and doing whatever, making £170,000 a year profit. Laughing his head off. Yeah. Fair play. So that's the second of our three segments, really, in terms of stop, cut, and that's cut. So I thought cut was a very good segment, unless you've got anything to add on it. I've not. I, I think that, like I say, I'm really up on this book. Me too. It's a really uh, good book. And it's come at a good time for me, personally. I hope the man... What's, what's his name? Michael Hyatt. I hope Michael Hyatt comes on the show. He sent me lots of emails. Has he? Well, they're automated. <laughs> but they have sent me loads of emails. And they are automated. They are, yeah. Yeah. And, and do, yeah. Uh, fair play. I thought, yeah, fair play. And then we're on section three next week, which is ACT. We are. Um, and then is that us on the, at the end of this book? No, because I, th- I, th- I think we could, we sh- what we should do, I was thinking about this, actually. I've not discussed it with you yet, but we'll make the commitment to do it right now so you can't back out of it, is I think that we should read these three chapters... And then, because you're going to fill in the sheets, I'm going to fill in the sheets, then let's do a review on the practicality and how how good the process actually is. Okay, well, we can work that out offline, can't we, as well? Yeah, do you know, because th- I'm going to get involved with this and actually do the process. It won't hurt us. And then, yeah, it won't hurt us at all. So next week, it'll be step three, act, consolidate, designate, activate. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, if you like what you're listening to, hit that like button on LinkedIn, share it on LinkedIn. Oh, and if you're looking for a job, we're here. Oh, and if you're hiring, we really are here. Bye.